So good. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Nice to be here. Spring has sprung. It does feel like a bit of a new year, doesn't it? I see my baby out there on the third row, just rocking it with Grandma Linda. <laughs> oh, Auntie Linda. <laughs> How many? You can't have too many grandmas, though, right? Um, how are we? Good? Everyone's looking good? It's good to be here. I, I'm so excited about what I'm going to share today. Um, sometimes I feel like my messages are a bit deep. I don't know, like a bit like, oh, Emily, come on, lighten up a bit. But <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just I feel I always get such a burden about what I want to share. So I, I hope that I'm not too, um, you know, I don't know, too What's the word? It's going to hurt a little bit, probably, you know. This kind of message is going to be like, oh, ouch. But let it be known that I love embracing the pain (laughs) in a good way. You know, it's like working out. You feel good the next day when your muscles are sore, right? Because you're like, oh, I must have done the right thing. You know, not all pain is bad pain. Um, So are we ready to grow this morning? Are we we ready to embrace a little bit of ouch this morning? (laughs) Well... Some people are with me. <laughs> now I've scared you off. You're going to stop listening, aren't you? Uh, no, it won't be too bad. But um, I honestly feel like God has given me this word. So hopefully, um, you know, I'm believing that He's going to do something in our hearts together this morning. And my big idea is that God wants to take us from the sidelines to the front line. You know, I believe that it's actually possible for us to live on the sidelines of our own life. But God wants us to not stay on the sidelines of our life, but actually fully embrace the life and the purpose that He has for us and be living in the game, in the action, on the front line of our own lives, in our unique purpose, in our unique call. You know, there are times for all of us where we're going to be sidelined by something. There will be difficulties that come and we will be sidelined, but it's a matter of how we you know, work through those things and allow God to bring us back to the front line because it is possible. If we find ourselves in a season where we're sidelined right now, God has a plan for us to make it back to the front line of our own lives. You know, I was driving in the car with my five-year-old daughter and she saw a magpie and she said, why do magpies swoop? And I said, well, you know, they, they swoop because they protect their babies You know, um, when it's magpie season, there's babies in the nest and if we walk past, they think we're going to hurt them and so they swoop. And then Sophie said, but don't they know we're not going to hurt them? And I was like, wow, great question. Like, we're just walking past, we're not going to hurt them, but they swoop at us anyway because in case we will hurt them. And I felt like that is how sometimes we can live our lives where we're ready to swoop and defend because of our reaction to hurt. We've been hurt before and so we're ready even if that person isn't going to hurt us or even if that experience isn't actually meant for harm but we've been hurt before and so it's this self-protective thing we have going on where we're ready to swoop when they're not going to hurt us anyway. So that just got me thinking about, you know, that's our tendency 
um, and how we respond a lot of the time to pain in our lives or painful situations or where there has been hurt. We can become self-protective and it can actually cause us to then live on and withdraw and live on the sidelines of our life. I was a um, competitive gymnast as a teenager, lived for gymnastics, loved it, trained heaps of hours every week and got injured a few times because that just kind of happens when you're um, training or playing sport or, you know, injuries are kind of inevitable. And I remember one time I was training really hard leading up to my first national championships. This was it. This was, you know, everything had been building to this. I was training really hard and we were three and a half weeks out of my first national championships and I fractured my wrist. I tore the ligament Um, which tore some of the bone, and I was determined to still compete. (laughs) Um, And so I got the help I needed. I saw a physiotherapist every single day. I had to sit on this machine. I don't know what the machine did. Maybe it was just placebo, but I sat on this machine for an hour. I think it was to help my ligament mend. Um, And anyway, I would just sit there, and it would help, and I would do these stretches, and they would strap it, and I was allowed to keep training sort of, but I wasn't allowed to use my wrist. So I could, you know, do the jumps and flips and things without using my hands or wrist, but I couldn't do the things that you needed your wrist, which wasn't a whole lot. Like you can't do any bars. You can't, you know, there was very limited training I could do for these three and a half weeks, but I had a plan and I was going to still go to national championships because, um, you know, I had it strapped and I had it protected. Anyway, um, I had this process of rehabilitation and normally, you know, an injury like that might take you out for a long time and if you stop training in that process, you're going to actually be out of the game for much longer. But because I had such purpose and such drive and I'm like, that competition is mine, you know, I, my rehabilitation wasn't long. I wasn't sidelined for long. I had I worked with my physiotherapists and, you know, I've got no problems with my, with my wrist now. I didn't, over, um, I didn't do too much. I listened to all the good advice and um, I trained within the boundaries that they had for me. But I was able to, you know, get back pretty quickly because I was able to respond to this pain in the right ways. You know, if we get the right help and respond in the right way, we can you know, we can go through a difficult season, but not be sidelined for long. In fact, we can not be sidelined at all sometimes, even when we're walking through a difficult season. Anyway, just, you know, to complete the story for a bit of fun, um, that was a crazy competition because um, normally for a gymnast, like repetition is everything. You do things over and over and over again before a competition so that you're confident because you've done things a million times, you know, so you just, your body knows exactly what to do. When you go to a competition having very limited training like I had, the the warm-up before the competition was the first time I did things in three and a half weeks. So it was a bit crazy. I, I did this like backflip on the beam and I totally like missed <laughs> and fell onto my back onto the ground. Like in warm-up, it doesn't give you much confidence to then get up and like do the same thing in the competition. Um, but I had my physio with me um, because obviously I need his, needed his help. It needed to be strapped all the time and he was with me. And he sat me down like that beam, that was on beam, that was my first apparatus. And he goes to me, 
it's okay, Emily, there's seven more apparatus to go. And I was like, what? Like, don't you know anything about gymnastics? There's four apparatus. That means there's three to go. And he had done, he was a like a gymnastic specialist, um, physiotherapist. So he'd done these competitions before. And he goes, no, there's seven. Because if you're competing in national championships, the first day of competition is a team competition. So you do four apparatus and it all goes towards like the Queensland team, which we won, by the way. Queensland, go Queensland. Um, And then there's a second day of competition if you make it into the top 24. So he was instilling confidence in me saying, you're going to make it into the top 24 and compete the second day and then have another four apparatus, therefore having seven to go. And I was like, I like your thinking. (laughs) And so it was a bit of a rough competition for me. Like I made it through, I learned a lot And I actually got third place. And I was really not expecting that because I didn't get any medals on anything. Like normally you'd get a first, second or third, you know, on an apparatus or two to be able to get into first, second and third overall. I didn't place anywhere. So I'm just sitting there going, oh, well, you know, at least I learned something. (laughs) I'm here, you know. And then they're like, third place from Queensland, Emily Higgins. I was like, what? like so shocked and it was a cool moment and I honestly did learn a lot um, through that experience and it's not obviously about winning or coming third place but you know you sometimes going through the motions of what it takes to get the healing we need can be difficult and we don't always get back up and it's not really you know we're not always at the top of our game you know when we're back in the game takes a little while and I know that I'm not really talking about sporting injuries today. I'm talking about like deeper hurts and pains that we carry through life. But there is that analogy to the need for us to be rehabilitated. You know, that process of doing what it takes to get from the sideline to the front line. And the great thing for us is that Jesus has already made it possible for us to to get from the sideline of our lives to the front line. He's made it possible. He's done everything already for us. We just have to accept it and work with Jesus who loves us and wants the best for us. You know, the Bible tells us to guard our hearts above all else. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Sometimes when we think of protecting our heart, we think of, and this is what we often do when in response to pain or hurt, is we actually guard our heart and put up barriers to, you know, self-protective mechanisms. But that's not what this verse is talking about. Um, Guarding isn't a defensive thing like the magpie swooping and expecting pain to come. Guarding our heart means to protect it from offence, from allowing hurt to actually pierce our heart. Because the thing is, we can't avoid pain in this life. We can't avoid getting hurt. We can't, um, you know, unless we literally want to stay on the sidelines of our lives. But if we want to be on the front line, we will get hurt. Challenging things will come, pain will come, but we can learn to walk through it without it 
piercing our heart without it, without it fully taking us out so that we stay on the sidelines of our life. So, you know, the thing about getting hurt is that often it's not, all, it's not always our fault. You know, I was training hard for this national championships when I hurt my wrist. I was doing a good thing, working hard. I wasn't doing the wrong thing and I got injured. Sometimes we can be doing the right thing, doing the right things in life, you know, turning up to things we should be, doing, doing the right thing, working hard on our relationships, yet we still are the ones that get hurt or get disappointed or, or someone, you know, mistreats us. So it's not always that we're in the wrong place doing the wrong thing and we get hurt. We can be doing the right thing. And I think sometimes that's even harder because we were trying hard or we were doing the right thing and we still got hurt. But there is a journey from the sideline to the front line. And sometimes that can take three and a half weeks because there's a competition, you know. Sometimes it, it can be a quick journey back if we've got all the right things in line. And sometimes it can take longer than that. And that's okay. Because to get from the sideline to the front line, I think the first thing that we need to do is actually just acknowledge our pain. We need to acknowledge it. We need to be aware that we're hurt. We need to be okay that, you know, that will not be okay with it, but it's be, be real, be, see it for what it is. And okay, I'm hurt. I don't have to deny it. I'm hurt and I'm on the sideline. But the thing is that we don't want to stay there. So I think, um, you know, really in our world right now, there's a lot of talk um, about the need to speak up and that's awesome. Like the Are You Okay Day. It, it's great to talk about, you know, the difficult things that we're going through. But I think a lot of the time we can stop there. We can just talk about it. But God wants to actually heal us, completely heal us. So we need to be able to talk about it, but then be willing to work through it as well. Because God wants to completely heal us us from our pain. As a child, um, there was a lot of things that I faced. um, And one of these things was that I was sexually abused. And that left me really hurting and broken. And it wasn't my fault, but it became my pain. And so the pain was my responsibility. I had to forgive. I had to work through that pain. So, you know, often our pain isn't our fault, but it becomes our responsibility. Have we allowed our pain to make us live with the mentality of me against the world? In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world. Our hurt can allow us to live us against the world, but God's heart is for the world. And when we connect our lives with Jesus, our hearts can be changed for the world. We don't have to live with that us against the world mentality or that loneliness that seeps in with pain or that isolation that comes with hurt and brokenness and not being able to trust people. You know, we can shrink back and be on the sidelines of our life. But when we learn to embrace Jesus and and acknowledge the pain and be willing to work with Him, we can see it all change and we can see, you know, our hearts learn to trust again and we can see that we have something to offer 
We don't have to be us against the world. We can be us with Jesus for the world. You know, Jesus has already acknowledged our need of Him and He did something about it. He went to the cross and part of acknowledging our pain is realising we are broken and we need Him. We need His healing and forgiveness to make us whole. You know, our injuries on the sporting field <clears throat> are usually just physical. But, the, but on the field of life, I know that they're much deeper, much more complex injuries that hurt and pain bring us. So it doesn't always seem as straightforward as rehabilitation, you know, on a wrist or just do these activities that the physio th- said to do and we'll be all good. It's not always, it doesn't always seem as straightforward as that. But God has actually made a way for us to to become whole. He's made a way and it's through Jesus. There is a way back. We can stop living on the sidelines of our lives and we can live on the front line again, back in the action. You know, after going through trauma or betrayal or loss, we can live with these self-protective mechanisms. But there is a difference between living carefully and fearfully. I've learnt this a lot bringing little Evie home. You know, she was in hospital for five weeks before we got to bring her home and it seemed like it wasn't going to ever end but then at the same time, the last little bit went really quickly and all of a sudden I had her home and it was like just the other day she was attached to all these machines that showed us her heart rate and her breathing rate and how high her... Um, oxygen saturation levels were and you would constantly look at this machine and say okay she's okay because the heart rate is still you know her heart's still beating or she's still breathing and and it was like a, a bit of a comfort to look at those machines and then all of a sudden I had her in my care there were no machines telling me she was okay she was just in my care completely reliant upon me and Jesus but you know that that overwhelming feeling of wow, I've got this tiny two kilogram baby and there's no one here. You know, could I take a nurse home with me? That would have been great. But I had to choose and keep choosing that I want to live carefully with her, but not fearfully. And so we diligently wash our hands. And before Linda held her today, I said, got out my hand sanitizer. I'm like, you can hold her, but sanitize your hands. You know, and I, I can do this in, with the process of due diligence or I can actually do it fearfully. And I've chosen, yeah, I want to live carefully and do the right thing, but I don't want to live fearful. And God has really helped me in this and I think that, you know, I've been able to relax to a certain degree and I've been able to really bond with Evie and enjoy my time with her. But I think if I was fearful... I wouldn't have that bond right now. I wouldn't, I would be so scared. I wouldn't enjoy our time together, but I can enjoy her. I can cuddle her. And, and you know, sometimes there's a big difference between like going through the motion of life with the wrong motivation, like with fear or hurt. So we can look like we're doing the, the same thing. Our actions are the same, but our motivation is completely different. And I think that's where God, you know, brings healing to our internal world. So I'm still washing my hands. I'm still sanitising my hands, but I'm not doing it out of fear. I'm just doing it because I want to look after my little baby. You know, so 
that sometimes there can be that, wow, I'm actually going through the motions and I think that's where I'm getting this sideline sort of thing. Like we can look like we're playing the game, but we're actually on the sideline. We're doing the warm-ups, we're passing the ball, but we're not in the game. And I feel like God might whisper to our hearts this morning that, you know, what motivation is there in your heart? Are you hurt? Are you fearful? Are you responding to the pain that you've been through? And now you're just, you know, going through the motions, but it's not the same as being healed. Because so often only we know the true freedom that we're carrying because we've been healed on the inside. The outside looks pretty similar, but God heals our internal world. Hope that makes sense. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, the Bible teaches us that our heart is actually deceptive. So in Jeremiah 17, verse 9 to 10, it says, The heart is so hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one can figure out. But I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. We don't have to pretend with God. He knows how hurt we are. He's seen what we've been through and He cares and He loves us. But the thing is, He wants us to be whole. And so He doesn't see us as we want to pretend to be. He sees us how we really are, how broken and hurting we really are. And He says, that's okay, come to me. Come to me. We don't have to pretend with God. We can come to Him in our hurt. We can come to Him in our brokenness. We can come to Him with being in our devastation, you know, of what we've been through. We can come because He knows and He loves us and He's the one that can heal us. We can be deceived by our, by our own heart. We can think we're still in the game when we're on the sideline. But God wants to reveal to us that, you know, maybe there's a motivation there that needs healing. Maybe there's pain that needs healing from Him so that we can be on the front line of our own lives, that we can be in the action. So if we, He wants us off the sidelines and on the front line. So the first thing we need, needed to do was to acknowledge the pain. And the second thing is that we need to embrace purpose and not pain. I was with some ladies this week um, and two were speaking Mandarin to each other, and which I just think is so cool. And I said to the other ladies at the table, I was like, I wish I could speak another language. But the truth is, I don't actually want to spend the time learning <laughs> another language. To which everyone laughed and like in agreement, like, yeah, how cool would it be if we could speak different languages? But no, I don't actually want to put in the time. And I'm pretty excited for Evie because Linda's going to teach her Afrikaans. So um, watch out because Evie will be speaking Afrikaans and English. So um, that'll be lovely. Thank you. Um, but I was thinking about this concept of, you know, there's probably lots of things we all want to be good at. But, you know, when we're honest, it's like, well, no, I don't actually want to put the time in to be good at it. Can't I just download it or something? And, you know, another language, boom, now I know it. It's not as easy as that. Um, and when it comes to being successful, there is a theory of the 10,000 hour rule. 
The author Malcolm Gladwell in his book Outliers, The Story of Success, explains the 10,000 hour rule when he considers the key to success in any field is simply a matter of practising a specific task that can be accomplished within 20 hours a week um, of work a week for 10 years. So I was thinking about that. I'm like, well, I could learn another language if I'm willing to put in, you know, work, but no, that's not for me. Um, And I was thinking about this and I thought, what if we're becoming experts of our pain? What if for 20 hours a week, we allow our conversations with others and our thoughts and our internal dialogue to add up to 20 hours a week? We're becoming experts in our pain. And I think that would actually add up quite quickly, (laughs) to be honest, if we actually thought about the conversations and the internal dialogue that goes on. It wouldn't take long for us to become experts in our pain if we allowed that to happen. Our society now live busier and more connected than ever before in terms of, you know, we're connected on social media, etc. Yet we're actually more alone than ever before. We're more anxious and we're more medicated than ever before as a society. We are becoming experts of our own pain, filling up on things that consume us but don't fulfil us. You know, our internal world can be so full and so full of pain, so full of negative dialogue that we can feel like our life is so full we don't have any room for anything else. You know, we're, we're sidelined by our internal world, in, but we're not actually in the game. We're not actually mo- making progress. We're not actually, um, you know, moving forward because we're so internally clogged up, I suppose. But the answer is not simply found in doing less, which we so often do. It's like, oh, well, I must be doing too much. So we pull back from things. But I think the answer really lies in, no, we just need to get whole on the inside because there's a whole world out there that needs the love of Jesus. There's, There's our unique purpose that needs to be lived out. We don't need to shrink back, but we do need to get whole so that we can love the world that He's calling us to. We don't want to become experts in our pain. We can change the internal dialogue that's going on. We can start to notice, hang on a minute, what have I been talking about all this week? Am I becoming an expert in my pain? And we can stop and allow Jesus to minister to us. We can re, you know, relearn habits and start changing the way we speak by allowing Jesus in. John 16 verse 33 I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world peace and trouble can coexist we can have the peace of Jesus when we're connected to him even though we exist in a world that hurts us time and time again and we have pain and confusion and trouble but we can have His peace. And I think that's the power of living a Christian life is knowing that the two can coexist. We live in a hurting, broken world. Trouble will come. We will be hurt. Jesus promises us that, but He also promises that He's overcome that already. The cross has paid the price. He's victorious. He loves us in our brokenness. How good is that? He's not waiting for us to get perfect before we can come to Him. 
He sees us, He knows us, and He wants to meet us right there in the midst of our pain. You know, there's a trend in our society, I think at the moment, and there's a lot of talk about self-care. And I think that if we're not careful, self-care can actually become self-indulgence, if we're really honest, because self-care should be attached to purpose. So we put our oxygen mask on ourselves first. Why? So that we can then help someone else put on theirs. So we, you know, so in, you know, everyone's been in an aeroplane, right? When you're here, put the oxygen mask on and then help your children. Um, And I think that's a powerful analogy. Like, yes, we need to self-care, but it has to be attached to purpose. There has to be a so that. Put your oxygen mask on so that you can help someone else. It's okay to be on the sideline and acknowledge that. I'm on the sideline, I need my oxygen mask on. But if all we're ever doing is self-caring and just keeping our oxygen mask on, that's where we stay. We need to attach our lives to Jesus and His purpose so that we can help someone else put on their oxygen mask. So there's nothing wrong with self-care, but let's make sure that it's attached to His purpose. And then we are really on the front line of our lives, leaving a legacy, living out our unique call. And that's what it takes. Let's attach ourselves to purpose. God sent Jesus not not to condemn, but to save us. Maybe there is pain that has kept you sidelined for too long. Maybe as I was speaking today, you could identify that perhaps your activity looks the same, but there is fear in response to pain in your heart motivation. Maybe today you can just simply acknowledge you might not even know why, but you feel sidelined. Maybe you feel like you just need that oxygen mask right now. And that's okay. We're allowed to come to Jesus, come to Him in our pain, come to Him sidelined, but we're not gonna stay there. We're going to get our so that, so that we can put the oxygen mask on someone else. So Jesus doesn't want us to stay on the sidelines of our lives. He wants us to live on the front lines with our unique purpose, our unique call. It might not look like the person next to you. It's unique, it's special, it's your call and His purpose in you 